Good afternoon. Before you get into your rush hour, you are tuned in to Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM. We are an LP station serving the greater Sacramento community through Access Sacramento. Today, if you look around, you'll notice we've got a ton of rain everywhere. The rivers are swollen. That is due to the atmospheric river that has just passed through. And make sure you're staying safe out there on your evening commute. Also, keep in mind that in about three hours, it will be the Stefan Clark Legacy Dinner and Fundraiser. This will be the fifth annual Stefan Clark Legacy Dinner and Fundraiser. The keynote speaker will be the Reverend Al Sharpton. This is today from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Genesis Church over at 2801 Meadowview Road, Sacramento. Uh, Genesis Church is led by Dr. Takoy Porter. Um, the I Am Sac Foundation will also be announcing tonight um, at the dinner that they are opening a new college prep middle school called the Stefan A. Clark College Prep Middle School. And any funds raised from tonight's event will uh, allow that school to operate as well as fund the community efforts that the I Am Sac Foundation um, is all about. So if you're interested in going to that, you can get tickets on eventbrite.com. Just look up the fifth annual Stefan Clark Legacy Dinner and Fundraiser. Today in our studio, we have a very special guest, one of the members of the board of directors for the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, a.k.a. SMUD, Mr. Dave Tamayo himself. How's it going, Dave? Good morning. Happy to be here. Could you uh, do me one favor before we begin? Could you tell us all what SMUD stands for? Oh, SMUD stands for Sacramento Municipal Utility District. Sacramento Municipal SMUD. And <laughs> <laughs> so I actually first met you uh, when um, SMUD had sponsored in, in, in unison with uh, different organizations, um, a group of Sacramento County students to go see the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie um, and rented out the theaters, got them popcorn, got them uh, sodas. They got to bring their friends and their parents at no cost to them, which I thought was amazing. But as time has progressed since I've been here in Sacramento, um, nearly every single community event I see, SMUD is there represented, um, which is huge because not only are you all the community-owned organization, but you seem to have a very active, invested interest in the community. Where does that come from? Well, I'd say it comes from our, our core purpose, which is to improve the quality of life in Sacramento. Um, one of the reasons we sponsor so many events is that we're trying to build relationships with many members of the community and, and so that people... Uh, can see us as, as a trusted partner in, in trying to figure out how to meet the needs of the community from, through a lens of, of energy. You know, I mean, our core business is um, providing electricity to the entire Sacramento community, um, but that, there's a lot of change that needs to occur because of climate change, because of challenges with... Um, even just growing how much electricity we use. So we're trying to develop partnerships with a, a whole variety of organizations in the community so that we can reach people who typically um, 
aren't reached by traditional means of communication. That, that sounds amazing. Now, smart is community owned. So what exactly does that mean? Does it mean that anyone who uses the utility, like if I have a smud bill, I own some percentage of smud or? It's not a percentage. It, it, basically, we're a public agency. So we don't have shareholders. We're, we're actually a government agency. Um, and uh, it means that the community ultimately has control um, by voting for the board of directors. And we're directly responsible uh, to, to the community to, to use SMUD's resources uh, and capabilities to make, make their lives better. Now, interesting, um, I recently interviewed on the show Dr. James Reed, who is, uh, he teaches environmental science at Sac State University. And uh, one of the things that he was, um, that had just come up in conversation was um, how bad the use of like coal power is in, in relation to the environment, um, to acid rain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have not seen um, any of the power plants of SMUD. I mean, I don't get out very much in that regard, but what type of energy does SMUD uh, generate and what, what like fuel sources do you use? Well, um, Currently, our largest source is natural gas. They're natural gas-fired power plants. Um, I would like to clarify, we don't have any coal-fired power plants, and we don't buy any coal, any electricity that originates from, um, from burning coal. Uh, so uh, right now, about 50% is natural gas. We're, our goal is to phase that out in the next, well, by 2030. Um, and then we have a large uh, hydroelectric project up in the Sierra Nevada that by I think about 20% uh, of our electricity. We get a lot of our electricity from the Pacific Northwest as well, uh, where they generate a lot of electricity. That's actually mostly generated by the, um, uh, by the federal government. So the, it's called the Bonneville Project, and they have a series of very large dams all throughout the, the Northwest, and we bring electricity down from them. We have some large um, wind um, projects. You can see them in Solano County down near Rio Vista, and we also buy wind from uh, a large project in, in um, New Mexico, which involves, you know, a thousand over a thousand miles of transmission, but uh, there's a there's a large project there, uh, and we even get some from a, a project that was built by the Navajo Nation. Not wind. That is, there's a hundred megawatt um, project in the Mojave Desert that the Navajo Nation built, and we agreed to take all of their power. So. Okay. And, and, and we're, we're working because we need to replace that gas. We're working to replace that with increases in the amount of wind that we, that we use or that we generate and then also that we buy. Um, we also have some large projects that we won't own but that we will buy most or all of the power from in and around Sacramento County that are uh, utility-scale uh, power, uh, excuse me, utility scale solar farms. So that's the plan, the, uh, the solar farms and wind power as well as the hydroelectric power is the plan to phase out the natural gas by 2030? So in, in 20, the year 2020, 
our board declared a climate emergency, just recognizing all the havoc that's already being caused by climate change, um, including in our area. And we said, well, and we're not just saying it's a bad thing, we're gonna do something about it. And, and we directed our staff to come up with a plan uh, to eliminate uh, carbon from our electricity sources by 2030. So we're the most aggressive um, large utility in the country for uh, um, eliminating greenhouse gas. So we I, I like it. I've seen the wind farms in us in uh, Rio Vista. Um, they look way bigger in person than they do on TV. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, those those uh, they're so big that those those uh, I don't know those blades that are going around. Apparently, the, the tips of those blades are actually going 200 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, to and uh, but they don't look like they're going fast because they're so big. It, it, it's amazing how, how big those things are. And we're going to put bigger. Bigger than that? Yeah. Oh, man, you guys got ambitions, huh? Yeah. So, Dave, what did you do before you uh, joined the team at SMUT? Um, well, for the past 30 years, I, I recently retired from the county of Sacramento. I was an environmental scientist there. I worked on water quality um, in what's called the stormwater program. So I did that for a number of years. But in addition, I was more or less a community activist, you know, sort of representing the needs of my neighborhood. Uh, I and a group of other folks in our neighborhood, just Fruit Ridge Manor in South Sacramento, we formed a, a neighborhood association back in the 90s. Um, and that got me involved with um, things like city planning, you know, police services, affordable housing, environmental issues. And so I, I, I realized that local agencies are, are play a key role in people's quality of life. And I was very involved in, in a lot of different aspects of both from a neighborhood perspective, but sort of uh, broader issues that affect many neighborhoods. Are there any other exper experimental forms of energy that SMUD is looking into? Well, in the long term, and when I say long term, I mean probably the in, in about 10 years, uh, we expect that hydrogen will be a much more viable form of, of um, energy um, that, uh, that will be used to generate electricity. Um, and, and actually, so hydrogen can be made from sources and it can be made from uh, from clean sources like wind or solar. Uh, it looks like there's some very large solar projects that might be linked to the generation of hydrogen, especially in areas like the, uh, like the San Joaquin Valley. Some very large solar projects down there, about 175,000 acres of, of land that is sort of set aside for generating generating electricity because it's not uh, a good place to to grow crops because of drainage and water issues. So uh, the problem is, what do you do with when when you've got so much solar that you can't really use it all at once? And that's that's always been a well, not always, but as as solar uh, uh, the amount of solar that's installed throughout the state has grown. 
sometimes you can't use it all and you have to either stop generating electricity or you have to store that energy somehow either in batteries or by making making hydrogen so we think that um, that that's actually uh, likely to be a big part of our future it's probably not going to be soon enough to help us uh, with our 2030 goal but maybe more like 2035 we can start running some of our um, what's currently running on natural gas, we can switch those over and, and uh, run them on, on clean hydrogen instead. So that's one of the major things. Another thing that's really important that, that we're starting to uh, figure out the right level of incentives to encourage more rapid uptake is, is batteries. Um, so providing enough incentive to pick into businesses to install um, batteries, what's called behind the meter, so they own it, um, and using that to store electricity when, when solar and other forms of electricity are cheaper, and then using those batteries to run uh, run the system or at least contribute to the system when electricity is one kind of scarce and when it's more expensive which is the period between uh, five and eight during the summer so the more batteries we have installed uh, in our community both behind the meter and utility scale ones that we actually own and operate um, the, the the more resilient will be say like if we have another heat storm like we did last year, which was, you know, an un unprecedented, the highest temperatures ever recorded in Sacramento. We really struggled to get enough electricity to get us through that. Uh, if we have more batteries, which we're, we're starting to incentivize, um, that will help us in, in situations like that. And that's occurring around the state. Right now, batteries, though, are, are really, really, exp well, not, th they're very expensive. So, um, most people, if they're just looking at it from an economic standpoint, um, aren't able to do it without uh, some sort of assistance. So, so those batteries, hypothetically, um, if a person had those batteries and they were constantly storing energy, and say a tree fell down that disrupted electricity flow to their home, would they be able to power their home from the for For a short while. I mean, most batteries are so expensive that it's hard to have enough batteries it's not physically impossible but it's really expensive to have enough batteries to get you through several days now you can have a battery that will get you through maybe you know a day or whatever it depends on what you're running off of it but it, it definitely would help to you know if you're the person that has the battery and the your neighborhood goes down you're gonna ha you're gonna be able to um, you know keep your charge your phones and your computer um, and you know maybe keep your refrigerator going for until we get the power back on later on in the day so there's a there's a big advantage to that uh, you wouldn't be able to unless you spent many tens of thousands of dollars you wouldn't be able to run your home the way you normally would run your home uh, at least not for not more than, than an hour or something like but that if so. were, but if you were to do like things that you would need in an emergency, like you said, keep your phone charged, keep your refrigerator cold, and for something like that, yeah. 
like emergency feet and you know emergency mode only that would be sufficient for that you know the things like the tesla power wall and and similar things that are being installed by some of the solar companies those are intended to be sort of a whole house not whole house battery but enough to run some of the major things in your in your house for you know i don't know like a day or whatever but so you can still wash your clothes uh, you know, washing your clothes would probably be something the lower on the list, but keeping your keeping your freezer running. Yeah, I know. I know the the washer and dryer are um, some of the biggest power consumers in the average household. Um, so let me ask you: as we move towards we and we being a community, a state, and a society, as we move towards more and more forms of clean energy. Um, so, so I mean, obviously, solar panels as well as the um, the the windmills and the dams will require maintenance. Um, but I would imagine that that cost would be less than the constant cost of mining coal or or uh, extracting natural gas or something like that. So, let's say moving forward, like ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, do should we expect to see power costs gradually decrease over time as they become more efficient? You know that's an interesting question. I, I'm, um, I think, you know, when you when you think about coal, so many of those costs are uh, externalized, so it's a little bit hard to say. You know, some some of the reasons that coal uh, power has been so cheap is that the environmental impacts and the health impacts of that, you know, both on the miners themselves and then the, the, you know, the people, you know, the hundreds of millions of people that are downwind of the coal plants, those aren't factored into the, the cost of power. So it's, it's a little hard to say that your electricity cost is going to go down. Um, but, um, Certainly, right now, um, solar is, is is the cheapest source of, or one of the cheaper sources of, of electricity, and those costs are likely to keep going down. Um, we're going to have to build more transmission, though, so there's that cost. Um, and then, you know, people are also very attracted to uh, solar on their roofs or over parking lots. Uh, those forms of solar. While they have really, you know, some certain advantages to the people who have them because they're going to have power when, you know, if the system is shut down, um, it's very expensive. That's why uh, there's some controversy now about the reduction of um, both by SMUD and by uh, uh, other utilities, the reduction of subsidies for rooftop solar, just standalone rooftop solar, um, because because those electrons are so expensive, um, they m many people won't put it on unless they have a, a fairly high level of, of subsidy. So we get a lot of uh, say we get a lot of criticism that you know that we're we're against solar. It's just that the 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 only subsidy that we the only source for that subsidy is people who don't have solar. So that would include people who just can't afford the solar or who are uh, renters, you know, you know renters never going to be able to, to have solar on the roof because they may be the one that pays the electric bill. It's a landowner who controls it, and if the landowner puts solar on their roof, then 
um, you know, the, the, the beneficiary would be the rector. So, you know, there, there's a disconnect there with uh, who benefits and, and who, who controls it. So. The old Latin phrase, qui bono, for whose benefit. Yeah. Yes. So I want to, um, you made a, you, you brought up something, uh, a good point. Last year was a hot, hot, hot summer. Um, and not in a good way, not like the, 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 the summer festival 95.5 is going to be a hot summer. It was a scorcher. Your shoes melt when they touch the ground hot. Um, and realistically, we don't have any reason to not expect a reasonably hot summer this year. Um, there's no signs indicating that we're not going to see triple-digit temperatures. So getting ahead of that, what, um, what recommendations do you make to the community of Sacramento on their power usage to to not overload the grid and not you know cause a a poor strain and rolling blackouts and such. Well, a really important thing is is to use energy efficiently during the day. And and also let me say that you know we 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 actually electricity is more expensive between five and eight during those periods, and that's intended to encourage people to use electricity both before and after those periods. A really important tool uh, for people to remember is to pre-cool your house. Uh, one, it, you know, make sure your screens are intact and use, um, use the Delta Breeze as much as you can and get that hot air out of your house uh, using the natural cooling of the environment. And in Sa Sacramento, most of the time, we we have a significant drop in temperature uh, in the evening. So use the cool temperatures if you can do it efficiently and safely uh, to to get rid of the cold air and cool the house down without using you know any electricity, maybe a fan or something to move it through. Uh, and then we also do uh, energy audits. We can come and look at are there things that you can do. To, to make it so that you don't um, un, uh, unduly um, heat up your home. You know, it could be things like, uh, you know, having weather stripping so you're not losing cold air uh, to, to the outside, um, putting on uh, uh, window shades, especially on the south and west side of the house. A little bit longer term, we encourage people to have shade trees you know we've had that shade tree program of course you know if you plant a shade tree this year it's not going to provide shade for you know probably 10 years but in 10 years you'll benefit from it um, um, you know so we, you you can call us and we can have somebody come out and do an energy audit and look look for things that can help you use energy more efficiently and 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 also so that you can maintain your comfort um so um you know some of those things that i mentioned and also don't you know try to avoid using um, uh, appliances that generate heat during the day that you're going to have to cool cool down later uh, one thing that uh, actually is 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 very helpful is is converting from gas ranges or even uh, um, resistance electric ranges to uh, induction ranges because it, you're, most of the heat from an induction range is it's generated right in the in the pot rather than 
most of the heat from a, ga- a gas range is just wasted. It just heats up your home. So there, there's a lot of different little tools that you can do. I'd say that pre-cooling your house on days that you know that it's going to be really hot is one of the really important things to do. So get it nice and cold and then turn the program your thermostat or turn up your thermostat when it's uh, the hottest part of the day. But if it starts out at a cooler temperature, uh, you're going to be more comfortable or, or at least you won't be spending a lot of elect, uh, money on the most expensive electricity that, you know, that our peak part pricing uh, is, is, is that you're incurring during the five to eight peak period. And we are back in the studio with Dave Tamayo, one of the board members of SMUD, Sacramento Municipal Utility District. That's perfect. Hey! And I went to D.C. Public Schools, y'all. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Uh, and so um, it's been a great conversation just learning about SMUD. And, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming. Um, so let's talk about SMUD's involvement in the community because SMUD does have a lot of programs available um, and assistance in, in, in subsidies and, and things like that. Um, and during the break, you had mentioned that uh, SMUD has a program um, or has several programs that, that will assist people in um, – getting insulation in their house, um, things like that. So if you want to take some time to to inform people about uh, those different resources that are available to them. Yeah, and I'll I'll start out by saying that if you, um, you know, want to get more information or you want to start the process, you can go to our website, which is smud.org, S-M-U-D.org, and just type in incentives or, um, uh, you know, well, it'll 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 get you there. So, um, but uh, the types of incentives that we have are for energy efficiency. Um, we want people to use energy efficiently, and and it's beneficial both to their pocketbook, but it's also beneficial to us. Um, so, in the long run, it saves our entire system money if people are using electricity more efficiently. So the types of things that you can get assistance with is adding insulation to your home, weather stripping, um, I mean, and uh, have it putting in a more efficient uh, all-electric uh, HVAC, HVAC system so that you have more efficient uh, air conditioning, but also you're switching, many people would be switching from a natural gas-fired uh, furnace to a, an, an all-electric heat, heat pump. Um, and then things for water heaters uh, and induction stoves. So a lot of the different things that we're trying to encourage people to adopt to get away from using natural gas and then using electricity. Uh, And even things like um, um, chargers for electric vehicles. So we have incentives for that. Incentives for uh, putting in batteries. So you can, you can find out about those. And we do have some special programs that are coming up where we're focusing on, uh, on some of our, um, some of the communities that have been left behind before. So we've been working up in, in Del Paso Heights uh, on some programs focused on that community to increase the awareness and increase access to those programs. We work with 
uh, organizations like Community Resource Project uh, to help homeowners um, get things installed in their homes for energy efficiency. And we're, we're going to have, uh, we have, uh, we obtained some federal funding um, through special, through the con Congressional Budget Project. We got $3 million just to focus on Meadowview, uh, which we're matching with $3 million of our own, own funding. Um, and we're going to be working with some um, community organizations there and even hiring community members to help us get the word out about all the different types of programs that we have and helping people get those things installed. We, it, it's not just getting people access to those resources, but it's also uh, getting community members trained up to be, you know, get jobs so that they're, they're, capable of so that they're going to have jobs in uh, developing the clean energy economy so you know we we see this as a as a an opportunity to, you know since our community as a whole has to invest in transitioning to carbon free uh, electricity sources um, and, and actually just energy even broader. So we're trying to get people to switch from gasoline vehicles to electric vehicles. So we see this as, as an opportunity to train people up so that they're, um, they're positioned to benefit in the, on the long term from that, that transition. That's, that's incredible. If you are, for the folks listening, if you go into SMUD's website, smud.org, um, they've got a whole section where um, you can look at rebates and savings where where you can purchase things like light bulbs and, and, and uh, water conservation kits directly from SMUD. You can also get um, electric ranges from SMUD. So in addition to just, you know, giving you an outline on how to save energy or how to move toward clean energy, SMUD has those items at reasonable prices available to you. Um, and will also reimburse you on certain costs or give you rebates on certain costs um, for making the switch to try to uh, boost the community. So I think that's tremendous, actually, because it's not just a, it's not just a we want to make money off of you. It's actually helping. Um, and then it's at a price you can afford. I mean, I'm looking at the website right now. They've got a kit here. It's called the Energy Saving Kit. You've got four LED light bulbs, a shower head, a multi-unit power strip with USB inputs, and it's all for 22 bucks faucet aerator for two dollars the same thing you go to, you go to you go to home depot and get that same thing you're going to spend more than two bucks for it um and then job creation for the community now that is something that is sorely needed um throughout the county of sacramento um and so those resources are available all through smud and you can find out that information on the website um now let's talk about some more of the things that smud is doing in the community um, so SMUD is, 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 has grants available or, or offers, uh, or sponsors community organizations rather? Both. So we have, um, our grant program, which is called the shine grants and it's typically around half a million dollars a year. And, um, a lot of times the, the projects will have some sort of a energy component, but not necessarily. Um, but we are. Um, you know, 
there's a, there's a formal grant pro application process, and uh, we we fund uh, nonprofit organizations throughout the community on just a lot of different things that benefit the community in, in many different ways. So, I mean, uh, there there's a um, for instance, we helped uh, uh, an organization in Oak Park um, retrofit their uh, their facilities to make it more energy efficient. Um, there's both a, a meeting hall, uh, a meeting house, and and then also a child care uh, facility that we we help them out with energy upgrades. So, uh, and we've done that in a in a number. For a, a number of uh, organizations, so and so I mentioned the the Shine grants, which is an on an annual basis. But we also sponsor many community events. Uh, you know, sometimes they're just community fairs. Uh, might be you know uh, just. The, well, uh, you know, there could be like some sort of an, an, an entertainment thing. Part of the reason that we do this, and I mentioned that, that, that you know, our purpose is to um, um, improve the quality of life for people in Sacramento. But it, once again, it's just having that presence. So when people are thinking about, well, what can I do from an energy standpoint? to make my life better or make better make uh, life better for the community around me we want people to think of smud as a trusted partner and a trusted advisor uh, you know and and so when we're getting the message out about hey you know we, it would really help us if you would you know pay attention to our public service messages when it's a heat storm uh, and and so we want to be that that trusted voice, but we count on the community to work with us to achieve many of our goals. And so that's a one of the reasons that we like to have a presence in the community because then it helps um, it helps build that. that. Well, I definitely can see that. Um, as I, as we said earlier, I mean I've seen Smud represented. At more than like of a hundred events I go to, Smud's name is at ninety-five of them, um, and that impact in the community is felt. I mean, just looking at the at the breadth of what Smud is doing in the community, from um, moving towards clean energy to helping people, you know, replace their heat pumps with new upgrades that are electric, to uh, incentivizing incentivizing people to 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 use more clean energy. Um, creating jobs in the community. I mean, the only thing that I haven't heard that SMUD does is 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 housing. Is create housing. Um, is that something that's on the agenda? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, decreasing people's energy burden um, is helps them um, helps their overall of, of affordability of their of their living situation. So there's that. Nexus. Um, we actually have done things like sponsor. Uh, we've worked with uh, affordable housing developers such as Mutual Housing, uh, such as uh, Habitat for Humanity, um, rebuilding together Sacramento. So we do a lot of things to help people um, repair their homes or even just build new homes. Um, and then we worked with a, a 
even a private developer to help them retrofit. Um, it, it's an affordable, affordable housing, uh, privately held um, development down in Meadowview um, and uh, near the Martin Luther King Library there on 24th. Over, I think it's about 250 units that were retrofitted from gas-fired to uh, energy-efficient uh, heat pumps. Um, and uh, it's actually the, uh, apparently it's the largest uh, retrofit in the country so far. And hopefully, so, you know, that, that, that benefits the people who live there um, and helps keep their costs um, uh, more affordable, their housing costs more affordable if you're including energy. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you personally, I used to uh, live in a place called Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, and there we had Dominion Virginia Power. And um, I remember we had gotten, I, I was at a point where I was looking at four and $500 a month electric bills. Um, and that does become a big part of your budget. I mean, that, that for four months at that price, you know, at that time period, that, was, that could have bought a used car for what I was spending just on electricity. So being able to, anywhere I can save money enables me to be able to redistribute that money into other causes, to other forms and other things that I'm doing. Um, man, you guys seem like you got your heads on straight. I mean, I just want to be a part of it now. I'm like, I want to quit the radio, quit House Verbal and just come on over and be with smud i mean you're it's looking for good people so. <laughs> but you know like like i said it's it's we don't just do it ourselves we do it you know in partnership with many organizations in the community so um you know you can help us out just just being what doing what you're doing right spread now is it yeah helping helping us spread the word so that's a bit actually what i see is a big part of my job so and you know I'd say when we sponsor events, it also gives me an opportunity to go to those events and, 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 and our staff as well. So a lot of times uh, we don't just give money, but we go and we're part of the event and uh, we make connections that way. And people come up to us with ideas or questions uh, and shows. even, yeah, radio shows, you know, it's like, wow, I, I met this guy who's got a radio show. And, and uh, so, you know, that's a big part of it. We're kind of like always networking. So one of the, so I would say that you know you mentioned the, your old utility in D.C. and there's a huge advantage to being a publicly owned electric utility in that you're you don't have this. Um, our allegiance is to the community, and you, I would say that that's the case for public power providers throughout the country, which are. Definitely in the minority, most people are served by investor-owned utilities, but are and who are kind of forced by the state regulators to to you know fund things here and there or to you know have these various programs, but it's actually in in SMUD and and most most public well any public power um, utility. That's our purpose. That's why the public says we're going to provide this, you know, as, as a, a publicly owned thing for the public benefit. So the, 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 the very purpose of what we're doing is underlies all of that. And it makes us, we, we make different decisions and we have different priorities uh, than an investor-owned utility whose primary um, responsibility is actually to their shareholders. 
So that that's how, that's where that's what their mission is is to maximize um, benefit to their shareholders. Where our our mission is to maximize the benefit to the public and the community. Absolutely right. So let me ask you this question: How did SMUD come about? How did, I mean, what what how did was uh, was SMUD the first power company in Sacramento? No, no I think it, it, uh, I don't know, I don't what, know what the, the first, first one was, was but P we took it over the system over from PG&E. So it was being provided, but and, and I'm not sure whether it was one company for all of Sacramento. Those things kind of were the Wild West back in the early 1900s. Uh, I guess it was literally the Wild literally West. Literally the Wild West, yeah. But um, so in 1920, I believe, the state adopted a law that allowed the formation of public power, which also gave local uh, local jurisdictions the power to take over public utilities through the process of eminent domain. I mean, you can't just take it, you know, because it's their property, so they have to be paid for it. So that law in 1920 enabled it. In 1923, the people of Sacramento voted SMUD into existence. It wasn't until 1946, you know, so there was like, a, I'm sure there was a whole series of lawsuits and uh, foot dragging and then of course World War II that slowed the whole process down. We didn't actually take possession of the, of the system until 1947, uh, I think is when we officially started uh, running the system. Uh, so it took a long time um, because PG&E fought it, so um, they were actually forced under eminent domain to uh, relinquish it. And of course we had to buy it, you know, the community had to buy it. And so once that was done, and, and that was sort of the core of, of SMUD's um, SMUD service area, I think, was, was just the city of Sacramento, and it gradually grew and annexed more parts of the county. Uh, and I think the last annexation was the city of Folsom in the 70s, something like that. And that's all, all had to go through that same process. Yeah. And they fight it too well, the, and, and then there's just a, you know, there's, there's just the whole process that's set up in state law. You, know, you have to work through LAFCO and say this is a benefit. So there's a whole process that you have to go through that's going to take several years, even if somebody wasn't going to fight it. Uh, we actually tried to annex uh, um, most of Yolo County back around nine, uh, 2007, and that that was going that was required a vote of the people who live there to approve it. So the cities of Davis. Uh, West, Sacramento, West Sacramento, Woodland, and Winters, and then also people who lived in unincorporated Yolo County had an opportunity to vote on becoming part of SMUD. Uh, and it would have been advantageous to both our existing ratepayers and the uh, and the people who would be annexed. So that had to go through that uh, a, a vote of the people in those areas and then Politically, our board was forced to put it on the ballot in Sacramento um, as well. And, and PG&E, as a private, aid, uh, private entity, was able to spend as much money as they wanted to, and they spent about $15 million 
to convince the people in Sacramento that it was a bad idea, which they did. So they basically said, smut is great. Why take the risk? So the people in, 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 in SMUD as a public agency wasn't able to spend any money on trying to convince people that it was a good idea. So they could only just say, well, here's the deal. Here's the facts about it. But um, had to remain silent since it was a, a vote of the people in Sacramento. So it was an advisory vote. But I think it was like 70-30 against annexing Yolo County. And, <laughs> you know, any board is going to say, uh, I guess we're not going to move forward. And it didn't win universally in Yolo County either. I think some of the jurisdictions didn't vote for it, and some of them did. I understand. That, um, well, I mean, that would definitely, you know, one of the good things is that even though SMUD at this point, if, say, that expansion were to come up again, SMUD has built enough of a reputation within the community that the community would speak up and say, yeah, we get to do this, we get to do that, because SMUD is helping us do this. Um, and so maybe those folks over, for all of you guys listening in West Sacramento, just, just want you guys to know that that ziggurat could be lit by SMUD, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, we, we go to uh, various regional events. We go to Cap to Cap which is a, a, a thing where regional leaders, like from the, the broader region, including Sutter and Yolo and El Dorado County, we go to D.C. Well, I, you know, in venues like that, or even just here in Sacramento, where we run into elected officials and other community leaders from, from folks who are being currently being served by PG&E, um, uh, we get a lot of questions on how do we get how do we join SMUD. A lot of people want to join SMUD because our rates are lower. Uh, we've uh, historically been um, more reliable. Um, you know, we don't have the public safety power shutoffs. Excuse me. And um, I think people are more satisfied with our level of service. So uh, we get a lot of questions from surrounding jurisdictions about about joining SMUD and specifically ask, will you do it? And, and unfortunately, we're not in a position to do that anymore, uh, although they have other options for... Um, well, they could always move yeah. to Sacramento County. Yeah, I, actually, um, and I'm not... My understanding is that uh, any city or county can pursue eminent domain um, on their own, but then they would run into the same sort of uh, costly, it, one, it would cost a lot of money to do it, and then just politically it would be a difficult thing to do, but uh, cities and counties have the authority to pursue eminent domain, and uh, in fact, um, uh, the city of Davis actually made a formal offer to uh, PG&E to buy their system. They were uh, they were rebuffed, to say the <laughs> least. pg &E said no, uh, but uh, they, they did make an offer a few years ago. Are there um, other community-owned utilities that you could think of? In, yeah, in um, there, there's a number of them. So Roseville, um, they're, it's, the city of Roseville uh, is, is public power. Um, their governance model is different, so the, they uh, appoint a board that's uh, eventually um, answerable to their city council. I don't know the exact 
you know, I apologize to any Roseville listeners who, who if, I, if I got it uh, um, inaccurate. Many, uh, many of the public power entities, um, both in California and other, other uh, states, um, are appointed boards, so they, they may, or it might be the city council itself. So uh, um, most of them aren't directly elected. We're the sixth largest public power um, utility in the country. And some of them are quite a bit larger. The city of Los Angeles is public power. Um, the city of Phoenix, not the city of Phoenix, but the Phoenix region is, is served by a, a public utility that's about twice as big as SMUD. Um, and there's other large ones. And there's some very small ones too, you know, where they serve like, you know, a couple hundred people. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so uh, but yeah, it's 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 a very good model, and we're in contact with with many of those folks. We're very active in the national organization because um, public power is something that that provides a really good service to people, and we work together to to protect our ability to um, to serve our our local populations. Dave Tamayo, I appreciate you coming onto the show. Um, I appreciate SMUD, um, and I'm grateful to have an opportunity to inform uh, our audience about what SMUD is, what you guys are doing, and what ways you benefit and impact the community. Uh, again, since SMUD can't do it, I'll do it. You folks in Yolo County can get SMUD by public mandate. See, that's, that's the one power you guys have as, as the public is the government will do whatever you want them to do if you mandate that they do it, right? So if you guys all get together and start holding up signs and say, we want SMUD, we want SMUD, and when PG&E comes in with their money, you say, no, we want SMUD, then, you know, you can get you some SMUD, or you can just come across that fancy tower bridge and find yourself a nice spot here in Sacramento County. I, I, I will say that, okay, so so it's not their decision. You know, it, it would have to be a two-way street. They can't just say, we're joining SMUD. So. Yes, 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 <laughs> of course. I mean, you can't, yeah, right, right. I, I want to be clear. It's, it has, it's a long process. You know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Uh, at the same time, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to put a SMUD sticker in your window. Uh, you can get those for free just by showing them to most community events in Sacramento County. Uh, you know, and that, that, that lets at least people know where your heart is electrically. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, you got anything else? I just really appreciate the, the opportunity just to share information, have a, a talk with you. So Hey, it is, it is our pleasure. Uh, you're tuned in to Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM. Part of the Access Sacramento family. If you're interested in membership to Access Sacramento or having your own radio show, go to accesssacramento.org. The cost is less than $200 a year. You're guaranteed 12 hours of radio time as well as television time. And you get to chat with myself. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM.